You are listening to Checkbox Outreach, a podcast that showcases excellence and raises awareness of current issues from those who are directly impacted, but typically not at the table. Now, here are your hosts, Aaliyah Gaskins and Katie Leonard. Hi, welcome to Checkbox Outreach. This is Katie. And this is Aaliyah. And today we have the honor and privilege of talking to Kelly Hebron. Um, She is also located here in the DMV with Katie and I, and we're just excited to dive into all things local politics and social justice, being a mom, and just getting to know Kelly better. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, ladies. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here and happy to have a discussion with you guys. Looking forward to it. I'm super, super hyped. One, because I just admire your passion, your grit, your tenacity. Like You go all in on all the things that everybody I think should be concerned about. I'm excited for the conversation, but real quick, I mean, just why, you know, we're talking about social justice, we're talking about politics, particularly in Fairfax County, Virginia. Why, why this, why right now? It's almost like, how could it not be important to me? Um, It's more than just being a woman, uh, a black woman um, of a certain age and of certain experiences. It's almost a bunch of uh, a triangle effect of what's everything coming together, you know, besides the fact that it affects me personally, um, besides the fact that I'm raising two, um, two daughters who are going to grow up to be black women in this world and have to maneuver through this world. Um, you know, and it's also a, a matter of this time that our voice um, of being heard and hoping to make an impact and change. So when you say, why are you involved? It's almost like, how can I not be? And I think the other thing is that when you, when you find yourself in a position where you can affect change, you have two choices. You step up and you do it, or you sit back and you just be quiet and accept whatever it is. And I know I'm not prepared yeah. <laughs> to sit back and prepare and accept whatever it is. Yeah. So I had to step up. So going back to like why you're in this space, what did that look like for you for seeing it and actually taking action in, in any part of your life or your career? Well, I think it just kind of, you don't wake up one day and say, hey, I'm just going to get involved in social justice. Right. <laughs> organize a march and, and do, march and do these things. It's, it's more like a, uh, it's, it's organic. It's more of a natural evolution. Um, for me, it all started probably last year when I ran for office. I've lived in uh, Fairfax County in the lead district section um, I mean, really, I moved to Fairfax County, I moved to Lee District 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. And I, I, I haven't left. I stayed, I got married, I'm raising my family here. I just never left. And I've watched the evolution of change and some things that haven't changed. And so I've, I have deep roots in this community. And when I see this, some of the things that are still ongoing or I see people in pain, I, I think that it's human nature to feel something. And so you get involved slowly but surely to do different things. And for me, it was getting involved with um, community, uh, community appointments, you know, whether it's small business, whether it's the Community Criminal Justice Board. They were different appointments that I had. And then they led to other things. Then I did emerge and then I became involved more in the political aspect of, of how you can impact and affect change. And I think overall for me, it has involved when I ran for office last year, when I ran for Lee District Supervisor. And... Going from running in that campaign to now I am chair of Lee District Democratic Committee, you kind of understand that you have a, a, a position where you can impact change and affect policy. 
and whether through appointments or, or whether through involvement in community activity, it's kind of organic how, at least for me, how I got to this point of being so incredibly involved. I just had a question, Kelly. What's the change that you're hoping to see? That's a good question. The march that we did in June, we organized, what happened was we, I, whoever, I say we, I was talking to some friends and just out of frustration, you know, it was like, we should march right here in Kingstown so that we can have our voices heard. And people were like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's like, you do? Wait, <laughs> wait, Let's wait. I was, I, I was like, this sounds crazy, right? Like, no, we should do this, Kelly. We should do this. So being that, I just, okay, so what do we do? We'll just throw it out there. When are we going to do this? Okay, we'll do it on Saturday. Well, let's do it late so it won't be too hot. I mean, literally, this came together in less than a week. It's like, who does this, right? So we did it in less than a week. And the idea is that we need to do more than March. So when you ask, when the question is, what do you hope to, to see? We had a call for action. And we have four points that we were, we, were, we were calling out. It was more than just criminal justice reform. That was our first call, obviously. But it was also about education reform, um, entrepreneurship, small business or cooperative education, I mean, cooperative economics. And then the fourth one was political engagement, um, which is what I saw from my personal perspective as I became more and more involved in the political aspect of, of just everything from running for office to being involved in the party itself. And it became more than don't just ask for our vote, hear our voice, encourage and expect our engagement as voters. And I meant specifically black voters, mm-hmm. black constituents. Kelly, and how what do I want to oh sorry what I want to see change are we we're developing these call for action and we are we have call for action we're doing listening sessions pretty much every week on Facebook live event listening session every week where anyone can come in and ask questions and we keep the dialogue moving and that was the start and that's why we started the march ended with a rally for a call for action and continue with these weekly listening sessions no that was my fault I got I got so excited I couldn't contain myself Um, so I have two questions. The first is how do we move from the march to engagement to reform? We start with a conversation and that's why we're doing these listening sessions to have that conversation. I don't, it was never my intention for it to be Kelly's um, plan of action. You know, I can only speak for me, but when we bring everyone to the table, we start having the conversation and that's what we are doing here. And so we, we loosely created BLM Lee as a, as a clearinghouse for all the different things that we're doing, whether it's resources for information, right, or it's also the host of our listening session and our Facebook page where we post and we host those listening sessions. But it starts with a conversation. And, then that, and what we're doing after these conversations, and they are continuing after these events, is developing these calls for action. One of the call for action that we're working on right now is developing a black parent teacher association because that doesn't exist right now in Fairfax County public schools. But if we want to talk about equity and we want to talk about um, voices being heard, we have to give a safe space for that to occur. And so one part of the discussion that has come, not necessarily from me, but from having this dialogue is that we are going to look at creating a black parent teacher association, uh, yeah, a, a black parent teacher association in Fairfax County Public Schools. I just had a follow-up question on the listening sessions. So mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Katie and I created Checkbox Outreach is because a lot of times people say, well, I've done the outreach and I've reached out, but when you look at who's actually been engaged, so many people are absent from that table. And it's been, you know, 
it was difficult before we were in a virtual world, and now I'm sure it's even much harder. And so I'm just wondering, as you plan these listening sessions, what steps are you taking or what actions are you doing in order to make sure that you're reaching voices that may not have been at the table before? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's actually evolving as we go along. You know, this started, the March was, what, maybe like June 27th, and now we're in August. And so we're finding we're doing things a little differently, and it's a learning lesson from each of them. Um, we market just like everyone else, you know, post on the social media. One of the things um, when you talk about impact, um, there was, I guess everyone says I organized it, but I still kind of feel like it's part of BLM League. We or I organized this petition to change the name of Robert E. Lee High School to John Lewis High School. And it was through the momentum of the petition we were able to gather a lot of, um, or rather we were able to gather a lot of momentum through that petition. And that was well-timed because we had just had the listening session on education. And so when you ask, this is some of the things, some of it is organic in terms of how people are, are learning more about us. Um, it also comes from our guests that we're having with our listening session. They are sharing and posting as well. Um, but a lot of it is all organic um, through social media. And, and um, I mean, you can call the website. But I mean, this is real basic, you guys. This, I mean, this all started with a casual conversation. Yeah. Well, that's how you know? that's how Checkbox Outreach started. I mean, I was super pissed off during COVID and seeing the disparities that were being highlighted, and literally text Aaliyah like, "I need to get you know, we need to get our voices heard. I'm gonna start a podcast." And Aaliyah was like, "I hope I can be your first guest." And I was like, "No, no, you're going to be my co-host." <laughs> like, sorry, did I not make that clear? My bad. <laughs> So, and it's true, and I, I hope that people can take away from this conversation that you don't need to wait for permission, you just need to do. And mm -hmm. every day we see issues, whether you're going to the grocery or you're going to the park or you're sending your kids to school, there is something that needs to be fixed. Or if there is something that should be fixed, you have a voice and you have platforms to do that, even if you think you don't. And I think that's a great, great point, Katie. I, I met folks that are on, that I met, I met folks on the march that I am, we are now engaged. They follow us on BLM Lee. They, uh, one of them posted after the change of the name and said, I now realize that regular people can make, can have an impact. And that was powerful to think, wow, we really are doing some things. We're really yep. making an impact. I personally feel that it's a good start, but hey, I want more than a name change of yes, high school. Yes. I want a mindset change. I want to see some people in leadership. I want to see political pipelines. And I took this back to FCDC, the Fairfax County Democratic Party. And I, I asked them, we can do more than what we're doing to engage a party, to engage our, our, our community so that our membership looks more like the community. Yes, but it's hard. Were, so yeah, how do you do that? So I, right now we're recording, it's 635 at night. Yeah. When yeah. we weren't in COVID, my thing was when you, if I get home, good luck getting me back out, right? The second I walk through my door at my house, I do not want to go back out. And if you have your kids, right. you have your pets, you have your significant other, whatever that might be, how... What does that look like in 2020? I mean, now we have COVID, but how do you really engage? How do you get people out and engaged when we don't want to leave our houses? Literally now with COVID, we're not leaving our houses. Here's how we approached this whole 
how we're going to have a voice in the social justice space. When I when I said let's do the rally and and I had one one really good friend who said I'm with you. I will help you organize this thing. And she has become the producer, the background person nice. on all this yes. Facebook Live event. And you can't do this stuff alone, right? You just can't do all this. So the first thing is to have a community around you, and the second thing is to figure out the resources and people that are want to be involved. How do we use their strengths um, to to the benefit? And so, for instance, at the rally for each call of action, we had speakers experts, if you will, to come and talk about those issues. So I had a small business owner who runs a business to speak about entrepreneurship. I had a speaker that spoke about social justice. I had someone who spoke about political, um, not political engagement, it was about education. I had Karen Keyes Kamara talk about the issues in Fairfax County Public Schools, speak as a call to action, what we're going to do. I had a high school student um, come out um, and speak about these issues. And so I, so when you say, how do you get people engaged, you go to them and ask them what's on their mind and what's, of, what's important and what are the issues. And then what I found is that they weren't really very different. And at the end of the day, we really have a lot more in common than the, that unites us and divides us. And we all really want a lot of the common things, safe housing, affordable housing, you know, we want our kids to grow up safe, healthy. I mean, there's not a whole lot of that's going to be different, with, you know, regardless of who you are and what walk of life, where you are. And I think that when you focus on those type of things of here's where we are right now, here's where we all would like to get to, how can we get there more or less together? And one thing that keeps going on in the back of my mind is that in the 1960s, the things that happened in that civil rights movement is because people came together. The march from Selma occurred because it was televised and everyone got involved. And I keep thinking about this whole protest and George Floyd and how it went worldwide because it was televised. Once it became televised, you know, people were like, we're not going to allow that to happen. And it was such a wide demographic. And I think that history is repeating itself. When we're working together, focusing on common goals, we get stuff done. That's part of it. And so that's kind of been the focus has been what are our, you know, cooperative education, don't get me wrong, cooperative education, I mean, cooperative economics is really our focus in terms of how do we build black businesses. No, that's and my we had a broad, you know, And we had, a, we had that uh, last week, and we had a diverse panel. We had the same, we always try and bring out the speaker from the rally and add more to the panel. And so we had the same speaker from the rally, plus the chair of the Small Business Commission, Marvin Powell, plus the executive director for Community Business Partnership, which is Mark Scarano. Um, and so we had a diverse panel that came and focused on building black business, entrepreneurship, cooperative economics. And we went through things and cited resources such as um, the 10K project. I'm not sure if you know about that. And the 10K project is working on investing in black businesses. And they're building a portal for a um, almost like a crowdfunding, but they're building a crowd um, a, um, a portal for people to invest in black businesses exclusively. And this is these are the discussions. So when you say, how do you do it? It start with the conversation, bringing people who have this space and start discussing what we can do on some of these issues. Yes. Given your previous run for office and also your engagement with the Fairfax County Democrats, 
What's your take on how do we get more politicians to like, or how do we build the political will to act on some of these ideas that are coming out of these powerful conversations that you're having? Interesting question. So we had a panel. We had a panel on political engagement. And actually, I should go back. Before I organized the march, I was feeling um, pressed on my heart, similar to what you said, Katie, um, that a voice to be heard. And I feel like that we needed more of a communication with our elected officials, which lacks an extreme diversity um, in this county, let alone Lee District. Um, To give it some kind of concept, we have three elected officials that are black, period, in the entire county. I'm not discussing like delegates or statewide offices, but if it comes to Fairfax County, there are only three elected officials in the entire county. That's Rodney Luss, who represents Lee District, Karen Key Kamars, Karen Keys Kamara, who is the at-large school board, and Riccardi, who's also Riccardi Anderson, who's also a school board member, and that's it. If you want to get more specific, Rodney, um, who happens to live and represent Lee District, is the only individual that is black and even lives in Lee District that represents Lee District. And so there is an extreme lack of diversity for whatever the reason. And I felt like instead of just demanding diversity, we needed to start having that conversation. And so the first thing I did was draft my own personal letter to every single elected individual that represents Lee District. Although it was pointed out that I left out a few at-large members, which was not intentional, but it was a slight, and not intentional as a slight. <laughs> it was an oversight because I really focused specifically as who has Lee District. But I forgot we have, you know, we have the board, the chair. Technically, he represents Lee District too. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple at-large people, you know. So anyway, my point is that I tried to reach out, um, and that was my first thing, was to reach out to anyone who represents Lee District and tell them, here's are some of the concerns, at least from me. And two of the concerns is that I wanted to see an increase in the appointments of the number of specifically of black individuals as political appointments, because that starts the involvement, that starts the engagement beyond, rec- beyond recruiting our vote. The second thing was to ask not just for appointments, but for staffing. Hire them as your staff so that they also learn what is going on behind those scenes. Politics is a game of understanding what's happening under, behind the curtain. And the only way you learn is getting behind that that curtain. And if we're not getting hired and if we're not getting the political appointments, then we're not getting educated and we're not in the pipeline. And so you're not going to have any diversity so long as we are kept out of the pipeline, kept out of staffing, kept out of appointments. That's such a good point. I've never even thought about that, about having people work on the, whether it's on the campaign or once they actually get in office, because like you said, there's just so much to it, like to canvassing and to marketing. And then you add the laws and then you add the who you know, and all of these different layers and complexities that people one that are, are well, well-intentioned that want to put their, their, what is it? Put their name in the cap or throw their hat in the ring. What's the saying? Throw their name in the hat. Throw their name in the hat. Okay. I, I think so. <laughs> or whatever. But the people that want to do that, that they don't know what they're up against. I heard about this guy. I want to say he was in Detroit or Chicago that went to run for office and had a successful campaign, but the incumbent kept suing him. And so he spent most of his 
campaign dollars on attorney's fees to ward off these lawsuits. And so therefore he didn't have the money to campaign and it put him out of, out of commission. And so there are all these things that getting in behind the scenes, I think is so powerful, even if it's not for the upcoming cycle for cycles after that. I mean, the other thing that comes up from being engaged in that way is you start to build your network. So not only are you seeing the policies and the work behind the scenes, you're seeing the people who are making those things happen behind the scenes and you're getting familiar with them. You're understanding who might be your allies, but also who might be your future opponents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, that is the, the, the main, it's not even if you, if about so much about running for office, that's one aspect, having a pipeline, but you still need people who are involved, whether they're staffers or whether they have an impact as a political appointment. Now, I don't want to, I want to add that if I'm going to share that I reached out to them, I want to also share some of the responses that I received. And so in response, um, I will say this delegate Krizik has reached out um, for an, um, for someone to have an appointment, which we posted and shared, and we were able to get someone appointed um, in that regard. Although it hasn't been officially announced, we have gotten that person appointed. Um, there was another appointment that uh, Delegate Sickles sent to me, and I believe we recommended someone for that as well, but I have not heard back yet if that, if that person's going to be given an appointment. So there has been some outreach. Um, we had a we had a listening session uh I think it was two weeks ago, where it was the focus on political engagement. And some, we had uh, Delegate Krizik, Sickles, Senator Barker, and, um, and Delegate Watts, uh, Senator Barker, and Rodney Lust join us out of all the electeds. They were the ones who um, were able to participate for one reason or another. And we were able to have some, I would say, some good opening conversation, some good discussion. And again, I think the conversation where it starts. We need to have the discussion where they were very willing to come in and listen and take right, open questions. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that was promising to see because I'm not sure 20 years ago when I first moved in, that would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> so Kelly, what's next for you? Where do we where do you go from here? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think right now my family's waiting for dinner. <laughs> Literally, what's next? They're hungry. Right? But it's getting kind of late. I, I didn't do it well this, today. But I think more, all jokes aside, I think more is looking at where else we're going to continue to have impact. I I did not do this on a whim in terms of, we should just march and out of anger. I did this to try and accomplish and have some impact. It's good to see that we're slowly but surely, um, the name change is one thing. You know, it's a start again. Um, who would have thought that would have happened? Literally, I posted, I think I posted 7.30 at night while a child was asking to play Roblox. <laughs> and literally trying to write up a petition. And within 24 hours, we had 300 signatures. Yeah, that's 300 awesome. 300 people. And we went over, we got up to like maybe six or 700 signatures before the, by the time the school board passed. So I want to be able to have more impact. What's next? I want to be able to have some clear things that we can look back on and said, we got this accomplished. Yeah. And so, and leave a trail and also leave a, almost like a, a, a instruction book for. That's it right there. Social yes, I co-signed that. Change, yep. You know, for the next generation, next come behind us to do the same. Yeah. So how do people yeah. get in touch with you if they want to get involved in Lee District or if they're not? 
in Northern Virginia or the DC area, how can they find you? Um, first things first, I'm always welcoming and looking for folks to join the Lead Dems um, uh, committee. We are. She's not kidding, guys. And- she literally what? asked me before we started recording, and Aaliyah. Yeah. So yeah, she tried <laughs> to recruit me. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> you know, it starts with we we don't need people. We don't look like we don't look take up your time, and we don't want people to feel like they have to do something besides come to the committee and give their voice. Okay. The second thing, um, so they can reach us at leedems.org, L-E-E-D-E-M-S.org. Second thing, um, you want to get involved in social justice, reach out to us, follow us on Facebook. That's going to be our main medium for pushing out information and, and communicating. That's uh, B-L-M Lee on Facebook. Um, Twitter, I'm not sure. Um, uh, it, we BLM Lee is the best way. Okay. BLM Lee <laughs> on Facebook is the best way. Um, and you can reach me at Kate, uh, Hebron at blmlee.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This was, I'm motivated. I am excited and we need people like you. So I appreciate you giving us this knowledge transfer and really bringing, you know, putting your hand back and trying to bring some folks with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, you guys. I, I, it was fun. Thank you for joining us try. tonight. I wish I was coming over for dinner. I know, right? <laughs> I am hungry. <laughs> It's time for action. Checkbox Outreach is more than a podcast and simply putting a check in a box. This is about impact and moving the needle. Aaliyah and Katie, what are the next steps? All right, Aaliyah, I know this episode had to have fully been your jam. We're talking about women in politics and the implications of policy on our everyday life or our everyday life. So what are your thoughts? Well, first off, I am so sad that I had not met Kelly sooner. Uh, You were right. This is my jam. And I was so excited to sit and listen to what she had to say. I think my first takeaway is we have been in a situation this year, 2020, where a lot of people have been saying, you know, I see these things, I see these problems. Um, Some are, I don't know, people are saying it's new, they haven't experienced these issues in the same way. But a lot of people are saying, I don't know how to help. I don't know how to get involved. I don't know what to do. And I feel like with Kelly, if you take away nothing else, just do something. I mean, when she talked about her response to seeing the murder of George Floyd and people coming together in Fairfax to talk about the loss of black life and what we do to support black lives, she heard it, they organized, they got people together, and they mobilized. And I think it can be that simple. If you see something that's wrong, find other people who also agree it's wrong, get organized and start having the conversation. I don't think you have to sit and read 17 books or go to every rally or march to know something's wrong and to get involved. And to do what you feel comfortable doing at the time. Now, mind you, I'm a firm believer in always operating outside of your comfort zone. Like that's what I will tell anybody all the time. However, Not everybody is meant to kick the door down. Not everybody wants to march. I'm not marching. I'm afraid of COVID. Like, I'm not going out with all those people. I went to the mall yesterday, and I'm convinced I have COVID now, right? It's not my thing. However, you can do something, whether that's getting engaged on your social media platforms and sharing, whether that's making phone calls, whether that's stuffing envelopes for a candidate or that might be contributing financially, there's always something you can do. There's always a price point in which you can do something. So if you don't have the money, you can create the time and you can support candidates that typically aren't in the arena. And I looked a while ago, like before I launched this podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to unseat somebody. I'm ready. I'm fired up. 
And then the reality hit me like, oh, whoa, like you need to raise a lot of money. You need to be in the right networks. You need to, you know, have the right talking points. You need to maybe be politically correct, which I am not. I think I cuss too much and I'm very, I'm way too honest. But you can do something and doing nothing is not an option and being a spectator is not an option. And I think that people that are listening to this podcast aren't that right they're not just sitting by doing nothing because we get those emails how can i help how can i support how can i connect to that person you it takes money it takes hey i heard this episode and my neighbor is a banker or my neighbor is the mayor or my neighbor is you know a teacher whatever it might be like start making the connections and get out there and just do what you can do and i feel so anyone who's interested in like i don't know where to start i don't know how to jump into this i think that we are in a moment where we need to get more women especially more black and latino women elected and she should run offers i think two things that are really helpful the first is they say if you know nothing else to do and you're looking for something free anybody can ask a woman to run because research shows that often women need to be asked. So there's a first step. If you know a dynamic woman in your life who you think would be good to run for office, just ask her, encourage her and tell her that you believe in her because that can be the first step to planting a seed. The second thing they offer is they have a quiz to very much your point, Katie, that talks about the different roles that you can play in getting women elected. And the roles they mention are you can be a candidate, you can be a champion, you can be a connector, you can be an influencer, an insider, or an investor. And I think oftentimes people play multiple of these roles, but it's a really short five-minute quiz, and you can take it based on your personality. They let you know sort of which role you might be best suited for or it sounds like you're most interested in. And then they have customized resources to what that looks like. So if you want to be an investor, I think they send you information on you know races that need support, um, information on the average cost of running a campaign at different levels, but really help you become a more informed investor so you can get out there and get more women in office, especially, especially now. And for the people who do want to run, do it, right? Like put people on notice. And especially when we talk about entrepreneurship, I'll just use it as an example. We say, fail big and fail fast. Like if you're going to fail, fail as quickly as possible, because if you wait, it's going to become expensive. Get your lessons up front and enter and be okay with failing. I mean, you can always run again. You can always come back at it another time. But a really great example is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in Knock Down the House, the Netflix documentary to where she was shocked as shit that she actually won when when it came up on the TV. And you, you just might win, right? The goal obviously is to win, but show people, hey, I'm showing up and I'm paying attention and I'm here to make a difference. And if you happen to beat me this time, I'm coming for you next time. Like now I learned the, che- I learned the rules of the game. I'm playing differently next time. And that's all it is. It's an evolution of, oh, okay, I picked up some rules. I'm coming back. I picked up some more rules. I'm coming back. Because what happens, especially for women, especially is black and brown women, we typically enter the arena playing by a different set of rules. And once we peep the game, it's our responsibility to then play by those rules and just come for people's necks. That's what I say. Like, let's just go, right? So so I'm saying let's get behind the people that are ready for that and support them in the ways that, you know, we've just mentioned. And, you know, do what you can. That's, it's, a, it's an easy ask. 
And I guess my ask to reinforce that is to the women listening to this podcast, put somebody on notice. It's time to take someone's seat. Yep. I'm like curtsying, but yet like punching somebody in the face at the same time. I love it. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening to Checkbox Outreach. If you have some time, check out our website at checkboxoutreach.com or engage with us on Twitter at Disrupt Outreach.